Welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn. Thrilled you're here. Another episode of the podcast today. You know, I think I've realized I'm using this podcast right now to try and help me alleviate some of my own nerves. You know, I talk a lot about how I don't trust the media. I don't know what to believe. And I ask a lot of questions, and I've always been curious by nature. And I don't have the answers. I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm trying to add some perspective. I think one of the greatest issues in our culture right now, and social media and Instagram have this way of covering it up, is this idea of control. We all want to be in control. That's why we love Instagram so much. We can create and curate the perfect life and look happy, look like we have it all. We go to the gym five, six times a week and go for walks and exercise and eat well. We go to therapy, we go to meditation, we take yoga, we do all these things to try and control our health, to control our lives. And I think this is a harsh lesson, this COVID-19 common cold coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. I think it's a harsh lesson that we're not in control, ultimately. And I talk a lot about this lately, or I've been talking a lot about this lately on my podcast the last six weeks, even before this coronavirus pandemic. We're ultimately not in control. And it's a harsh reality, and I think it's being pounded over our heads right now. You know, we go to the grocery store and stock up on toilet paper and food to feel like we're in control. But the reality is, is that we're not. We do whatever we can to feel like we are. But the reality is, is that this could all end. Our lives could end tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now. We just don't know. And maybe I'm questioning the media questioning the response, the reaction, the overreaction, because maybe deep down I'm freaked out, you know? Maybe I'm anxious as hell. It's strange to be a germaphobe like I am and to not be totally anxious about this all. I mean, I'm slightly encouraged to see people washing their hands more and using Purell and not shaking hands. I mean, these are tactics that I've been implementing for years, you know, I, I I don't like shaking people's hands. I use Purell and wash my hands constantly. But maybe this coronavirus is reminding people to do the obvious, and that's to take care of your health and wash your hands and stay home with you. Stay home if you're sick. I mean, I can't tell you how often over the last four or five years, as I've been teaching yoga and even going to class, where I'll go to class or teach and. Somebody is clearly sick, or I'll even hear somebody say to somebody they're in class with, oh my God, I feel terrible right now, but I just had to get my yoga in. Or I've taught classes where people have out loud said, gosh, I'm so sick right now, but I really wanted to get my yoga in. And I don't know. I just, you know, I certainly don't offer adjustments when they're sick and I certainly stay away from them. Or I, I've even taken a class before where I've been next to somebody who constantly is coughing and sneezing. I just got up and left. 
the idea that we're being taught to stay home if you're sick, it's sort of, I think we've got into this selfish and self-absorbed world because social media creates more narcissism. It creates a world where people feel like they can do whatever they want. And now we're sort of in a situation where there's a lot of elements, human elements here. People aren't in control, even though they want to feel like they are. And people want to do whatever they want. But for once, finally, we are being told that you actually have to stay home. That if you're sick, you stay home. These are all actually good lessons, I think. You know, of course, it's terrible that something like a pandemic happening may teach us these lessons, but maybe they're reminders. There's some fresh reminders that you should wash your hands. You should stay home if you're sick. You shouldn't go to yoga class if you're sick. You should stay away from the gym if you're sick. And, you know, again, some, but sometimes I also lose faith because I was at the gym a couple days ago taking a class and this guy was sweating all over the place, all over the med ball, all over the floor and forearm plank and mountain climbers. And he didn't wipe up his sweat. He just, you know, moved on to his machine and did his own thing. And, you know, some people just are never going to learn. <laughs> you know, if, if even through this pandemic and this potential crisis happening right now, if you're sweating all over the place in an exercise class and you're still not having the thought in your mind to wipe up, then there's just no hope for you. There's nothing that's going to happen that's going to make these types of people change. And I think that's another lesson that is important right now. This idea of you may have to change a little bit. You may have to evolve and shift your normal routine. And people don't want to do that. People have become incredibly stubborn, self-absorbed, narcissistic, thanks to social media. And people also live under this false reality that we're actually in control. And clearly, if anything, that has been learned through this COVID-19 pandemic, cold, whatever you want to call it, crisis, whatever's been learned, if anything's been learned at all, it's ultimately that we're really not in control. It's so funny, but you know what? I I feel bad for the people that may get a cold right now. You know, just this idea of if you sneeze, it's weird. I've kind of Being a germaphobe, I've actually felt that inside of me. Like if I'm on a plane or if I'm out at the store and somebody coughs or sneezes close by to me, I'll sort of like walk or move quickly in the other direction. And I get the sense that that's probably happening right now. Like if you get a cold and it's not the coronavirus, you're going to be really freaked out. Or if you cough or sneeze in public, people are going to glare at you or think that you're like completely sick or obviously you have the coronavirus. And I, you know, I'm concerned about that. And I'm also, you know, I, I think we live in an isolated time to begin with, you know, nonstop social media, Instagram talk about bringing people together and these devices are bringing more connection. But the reality is, is that they're doing the opposite. And that's because human beings need 
face-to-face contact. We need touch. We need to be able to hold hands. We need to look people in the eyes. And that's one of the major components and themes of my show is trying to bring some of these human elements back into our lives. I'm having these face-to-face conversations to remind people how powerful and how nourishing it can feel to sit in a room with somebody and have a face-to-face conversation with your phone off. So we live in a highly isolated time right now, and the government is asking people to stay home. So my concern is, is that it's going to create more isolation, more loneliness, more depression, And there was a great article that came out today in the New York Times by Abdullah Shihapar, and it's called Coronavirus and the Isolation Paradox. And I want to read read a little bit of the article to you. I think it's a really great article. A paradox of this moment is that while social distancing is required to contain the spread of the coronavirus, it may also contribute to poor health in the long run. So while physical isolation will be required for many Americans who have COVID-19 or have been exposed to it, it's important that we don't let such measures cause social and emotional isolation. Across the country, people are being asked to work from home. Universities are switching to virtual classes. These are key strategies to prevent transmission, but they come at a social and mental health cost furthering our sense of isolation from one another and making us forget that we're in this together. Already we're beginning to see suspicion and paranoia play out in public spaces. People struggling with allergies report that every cough elicits glares. In Sydney, Australia, reports say that a man died after he collapsed outside a Chinese restaurant and onlookers refused to perform CPR. Asian Americans have reported racist comments and harassment based on the wrong-headed belief that they're more likely to be carrying the coronavirus. And then I'll read the last paragraph. There is evidence that the more isolated people feel, the less likely they are to take measures to protect their fellow citizens. A study conducted in Germany found that among a cohort of people ages 60 and up, increased loneliness was associated with lower rates of flu vaccination. So it's just an interesting ask by the government. And of course, on the one hand, I see the reason to isolate ourselves, but we have to be careful. And again, this plays into technology. This plays into social media. Social media is doing the exact same thing. On the surface, these tools seem so fun. They add dopamine. They make you feel a sense of belonging in the moment, but after an hour, your brain feels more lonely and isolated and depressed, and ultimately, social media is not making you feel better about yourself. And I think in the short term, it makes sense to possibly isolate yourself, but in the long run, we may have a population that is becoming more depressed, more isolated, because we're all staying home. And then we're all staring at our phones, we're watching Netflix, we're not getting on the phone and calling people. I think now more than ever, if you do feel like it's worth staying home, you need to do more FaceTime calls, you got to get on the phone and talk to people, do Zoom calls, do whatever you can to look at other people in the eyes, because it's a very important component to living a healthy lifestyle, surrounding yourself with fellow human beings. 
last but not least, you know, I think I'm I'm trying to sort all this out, and I am certainly anxious, but I can't help but notice how powerful social media and the media have become. You know, I just finished reading The Circle by Dave Eggers. And there's a powerful ending where The Circle is this technology company and they're talking about being responsible. Yeah, be responsible with your power of influence. And I don't think a lot of us realize how influential we really are. We have the capabilities of influencing thousands of people. Even if you follow, if, if 20, 30,000 people follow you on Instagram, that's a lot of people. And if you post something that causes a reaction, well, it's going to affect 10, 20, 25,000 people. And then maybe they're going to tell 5,000 people, you know, I've been a big believer of not sharing and posting videos or photos at the grocery store of people fighting over toilet paper or showing bare aisles, because I actually think those photos and videos create anxiety. They make people feel like they have to run out to the grocery store immediately. All these posts on social media and Instagram they're creating more anxiety. And it's this pandemic is a microscopic look at human nature. You really get to see human nature during times of crises. And it, it's kind of frightening sometimes. There's a great article in the New York Times by David Brooks. It's called Pandemics Kill Compassion. And let me just, I'll just read a couple, couple paragraphs, then I'll let you go. In all pandemics, people are forced to make the decisions that doctors in Italy are now forced to make, withholding care from some of those who are suffering and leaving them to their fate. Pandemics induce a feeling of enervating fatalism. People realize how little they control their lives. Pandemics also hit the poor hardest and inflame class divisions. The Spanish flu pandemic that battered America in 1918 produced similar reactions to what we're experiencing today. In Philadelphia, the head of emergency aid pleaded for help in taking care of sick children. Nobody answered. The organization's director turned scornful. These are families in which every member is ill, in which the children are actually starving because there is no one to give them food. The death rate is so high and they still hold back. This was from 1918. This explains one of the puzzling features of the 1918 pandemic. When it was over, people didn't talk about it. There were very few books or plays written about it. Roughly 675,000 Americans lost their lives to the flu, compared with 53,000 in battle in World War I, and yet it left almost no conscious cultural mark. Perhaps it's because people didn't like who they had become. It was, a, it was a shameful memory and therefore suppressed. Maybe this time we'll behave differently. It also wouldn't be a bad idea to take steps to fight the moral disease that accompanies the physical one. Powerful. And yeah, I guess I, I see that around me right now. This moral dilemma, this fear, the anxiety. I think we have become more self-absorbed, narcissistic, narcissistic than ever before. We are constantly thinking about ourselves, constantly thinking about our image, how people are going to perceive 
our thoughts, our beliefs on Instagram, social media. It's creating more insecurity, ultimately. And this pandemic is creating even more selfish behavior. And in a way, you almost have to be selfish. I mean, I've been going to the grocery store the last few days because I have to get food. Just in case I go on Saturday, everything's going to be gone. I, I need to be smart here and take care of myself. There are people out there right now that don't have the luxuries of being able to go to the grocery store when they want to. People out there that still have to go to work, even though people are telling them to stay home. It's just the system isn't set up for normal, relaxed behavior. And I feel like this pandemic is creating or making people realize that we're just not in control. We want to feel like we're in control. We want to feel like we're in control. We're doing everything we can to feel like we're in control, but we're ultimately not. And it's survival of the fittest. It's every man for himself. It's a pretty harsh reminder that deep down, human nature is powerful. Mother nature is even more powerful. Again, I'm just trying to make sense of it all. I think talking about it is is helping me relax. I know that my thoughts and beliefs are not unique. I, I hear every day when people reach out to me that my thoughts and beliefs, although they may be my opinions, other people feel the exact same way. There's a lot of confusion out there right now. I mean, even this morning, I went on the New York Times very briefly, but I, I had to put it down because this is what's so interesting. I'll leave you with this. I opened up the New York Times and they said, the headline read, Apple stores closing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that's going to create more crazy response and behavior. But then I click on the article and it says Apple is closing some of their stores for the next two weeks. And, and again, those types of headlines really are unnecessary. And I think they're really problematic because the reality is, is that we live in a day and age now, and this is really a major issue. We live in a day and age now where people are constantly scrolling. You can't possibly consume all the information. So people are watching television while they stare at their phones. They're driving while they text. They're multitasking and they think they're being more productive, but they're ultimately not. So why that's important is instead of reading articles, people are just reading the headlines. And that's why newspapers like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Fox, they have these headlines that are meant to grab your attention because they know most people don't have the time to actually read all the facts or read the articles. So Apple, the, the, the headline says Apple's closing stores or is closing their stores, but then you read the article and you find out they're closing some of their stores over the next two weeks. So I think it's just really important to try and get some facts, read the full story, as opposed to just reading the headline or just stay off of social media and stay off the media altogether. So that's it for today's show. Remember, if you enjoy the show, head over to iTunes, give it a five star, write a review, share the show with friends, reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn and share some thoughts. Tell me if you agree or disagree with my thoughts. Again, this is a strange, interesting time. The timing is really interesting. Four years ago, we dealt with Facebook and Russia 
affecting the election. And now it feels like four years later, we have the coronavirus potentially affecting the election. It's just the timing is very peculiar. So I'm going to try and make sense of it all. I'm going to keep talking about it. As always, I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. 